Hello, everyone joining us for the Founders Mafia podcast. Today, we are going to chat with one of the most magnificent self-made entrepreneurs of all time. <laughs> Even uh, he was talking on stocks on CNBC 24. And is it true that you played uh, a game with uh, Ashton Kutcher? Uh, drank copious amounts of rosé, played volleyball, and um, talked about shower soap and the difference between lathering. That's for sure. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, and today we're going to talk about his experience, his journey, and how he brought his ideas to reality, just like Lever. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? You know, before starting Lever, and what is Lever in general? Yeah, Eric. Thanks, mate. Um, it's great to be on your show, and um, you know, great to uh, to be able to publicly talk about Lever. It's been, it's been something we've we've worked on for you know my my seven years experience in fintech has has sort of led to this journey. Um, you asked what did I do before Lever? Um, you know, I I worked as a stockbroker for many years out of university in Melbourne, Australia. I I focused on retail clients. I was very much, um, you know, someone who was interested in innovation and looking for stocks that were changing the world. You know, from before Netflix was available, we we had a thing that was renting out DVDs via the post, and I thought that was the most innovative product I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, you know, through to uh, clean tech, energy, and different things that were going on. So. Um, yeah, I, I got into the stock market at a young age, enjoyed that, got into, uh, into broking, had a nice big client book. Um, you know, at, 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 uh, in my early 20s, I was working for a firm, discovered some holes within that company's book and, and recruited a few people within the office and just basically convinced them that nothing's impossible. We can go out, we can start our own firm. We did that. We got up to 30 brokers. We were franchise of a national operation it was an incredible journey in my in my sort of early to mid 20s and and um coming out of that journey i, I really thought okay we've gone out we've, we've done the sales thing we've enjoyed that we've learned a lot now it's time to um to create something and having uh some experience and living in los angeles for a year it, it really made me think that there it had to be based on consumer products and what i was noticing in um in, in sort of 2012, 11, 13, when I was back and forth from Los Angeles, there was a lot of stuff going on in the payday lending space and a lot of people were, were sort of doing these small personal loans. Um, and it led me to think, okay, well, that's interesting. And uh, went to have a look at a business in Australia around uh, payday lending and, and it became uh, apparent to me that collections of payday loans were really inefficient. They were, they were driven by burner mobile phones. It was a couple of people aggressively calling uh, debtors that weren't paying their debts and, and led me to think there must be a better way and uh, created a digital debt collection system that thrives today looking after half a million customers. Um, that, that is a, a sort of a, a tail into, into my journey and today we're, uh, we're all about Lever, which is a digital, um, you know, consumer-focused debt management um, solution. And what that really means is uh, we, we help consumers, we empower consumers, and, and we let them negotiate with our automation with their credit providers. The landscape for credit is, is vast. It's very easy to get a loan, but it's never really that easy to get out of it. And when you need to ask for help or, you know, negotiate or, or reduce your, the size of your debt or ask for payment holidays, it's really a, 
a strenuous a strenuous time and creates a lot of friction and we just decided there has to be a better way and and we've gone and done that once again so that that to us is uh that's that's my my journey i guess was your question and and uh that's lever yeah that's absolutely insane you know you got from stock mar- uh, from stocks and into the fi- from the financial market into financial tech uh which is similar industries but somewhat different so how has that transition been t- uh been for you oh it's been fantastic i mean i <laughs> after after um Exiting my last business, I went back and worked in the markets for a little while, and uh, we were focused on global sort of derivatives and forex. It was just it was there was still that burning passion that okay, great, you you're you're in this position, it's a good salary, you're having a lot of fun, but it wasn't really what got me up in the morning. Um, and I always sort of had that that feeling that okay, online trading is is great, and you know it's it's been amassed in in recent time. Every millennial is getting into trading, and and I just just still had a keen eye on what was going on in the debt markets, and you know, with with easy credit, buy now, pay later, the ability, you know, for you to click on an Instagram ad and take a loan, it just really stunned me that there was nothing to help you negotiate out of those positions. Like people want to give you credit, but but they don't want to they don't want to help you when it comes time to you know get get out of it, or they don't want to help you when you when you need a break and what what really stunned me into um, well what really drove me into this was was the statistics in Australia alone and and then just looking at the global market and and we saw an opportunity I mean I saw an opportunity and you know one of the one of the life lessons I've I've sort of realized after so many years is just go for it just build the prototype test the market and scale and We've done that with tens of thousands of users, hundreds of businesses, and, and you know, we're growing daily. So Lever is something that we planted a seed, we watered it, we made it happen. We've got a great team around us and you know, we've only been in market two months, um, but we're, we're pushing hard and, and it's, it's paying off from a uh, personal perspective. It makes me feel great when I see people jump on and you know they struggle with their phone bill and I'm seeing that people are able to get out of getting their phone cut off or they're able to deal with debts that you know multiple payday loans and different things and the providers are are, are responding through our platform and you know it's it's easing the tension it's creating a, a frictionless environment and you know as a two-sided platform and I'm just blown away with the the I would call it early success from a user point of view, financially, uh, we're a long way to go. But as a platform that allows people to communicate, we're we're, we're doing it well. So really happy. That that's absolutely amazing. Um, and also, like I know that learning about the stock market's quite a crucial role for someone of a position as a CEO. Um, so how did that knowledge impact you both in fulfilling this corporate position and also leading to develop this company like Lever? Well. I guess that the advantage I have is that everyone that looks at a business like Lever says, okay, I'll, you know, we, we go out and we do an investment round and we say, we want to raise $2 million. Fantastic. We successfully did almost that um, earlier this year and, and that was a great journey. But what people care about is how am I going to make my money back? The, 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 
No one, you can have the best idea on, in the world. You can say, I'm going to change the world of whiteboards. I'm going to make a sustainable whiteboard marker. And every time you write a word on that whiteboard, it's going to turn, you know, CO2 gas into pure air. No one cares. What people care about is liquidity and the fact that you're going to manage their money well and you're going to, you're going to return that money, whether it's a five-bagger or a 10-bagger. It, it, it really is what can the person driving this company do for me and my money whilst how can they take advantage of my investment to create something of value for themselves? It's, it's a two-part transaction. And I guess my understanding of the markets, the listing process, um, you know, knowing how investors value things has been an advantage to me. And a lot of founders don't have that experience and, and my advice you know, as I mean, I'm no one to give advice, but but my advice is to really focus on other people's journeys and and how uh, you know the likes of of the Ubers of the world and the Twitters of the world that don't make any money, but they're constantly attracting investment. Whether that's currently you know currently in the liquidity in in the in the listed markets with vast amounts of liquidity, or in the early days where you're trying to convince someone that that this is going to pay dividends for you. So um, that experience I had in the markets has, has been invaluable for me to, um, you know, as my second time startup, my, my, my last one is listed. Um, and, you know, I sit here today and, and some of the conversations I, I have with our investors and, and future potential investors is, is really driven around how can this become something that makes me money? And that's a really important point um, that I always try to drive home. <laughs> yeah so like i can imagine like that's one of the first questions every founder or person would have with an idea is like the bread and butter which is funding so how do yeah. you like bootstrap from the beginning or like the connections and the knowledge of gaining investments that what uh like what led you to grow easily uh with that backed up funding um well i'm fortunate i have a i have a, a gentleman who who has uh, sort of believed in me for nearly ten years, and um, and I, I I'm yet to yet to work out if it's paid off for him or not. But but uh, so far so good as far as I understand, because uh, you know he's a great guy, astute investor, and and he's constantly behind me and and offering a good mentorship. So I'm I'm lucky in that regard. But there's always a point where it's like, okay, go off on your own and make the rest happen. Um, I got. I got uh, a lot of experience building, um, you know, my first startup. It was, it was brilliant. You know, I, was, I had a little bit of money in my pocket, so I was able to build a prototype and, and get that into market. That was business to business. So the re reliability was you build the product, you, you sign a trial, you get that trial to uh, convert to a case study, you use that case study, and you go out and you acquire a handful of new users in, in similar industry or companies to use your app in, yeah. in similar industry. The yeah. difference with Lever is we are consumer focused. So we're not able to go to a business. We, we could, but we, we, we choose to automate the process for a consumer. So unlike debt collection where a business uploads, say, uh, your data, Eric, and says, Eric, you need to pay us for your phone bill. Uh, here's your, here's oh, your, no, here's your bill. Bills. <laughs> well, you know, and, <laughs> and sends you a, a, a notice via text or email and, and opens up a nice little portal. This actually creates the, the experience for the user that 
We guide you through the application. We help you understand your rights and your reasons for getting out of, managing, settling, you know, requesting payment plans, asking debt collectors not to call you. We have a vast amount of options. And, um, you know, it was, it was about showing the people who believed in us that there is actually a greater play and, and a global application to what we're doing. It wasn't about we're going to go out and, and do this and it's going to make heaps of money. It was over time this will mature into something that will offer greater data insights on consumer habits. It will offer, you know, greater access for consumers to get themselves unstuck, as we call it, at Lever. It will allow people to take away that friction or that desperation. And at the same time, whilst you're doing that, you're nurturing a user base who are becoming educated and uh, will be a, will, will be you know, able to reap, uh, reap long-term value but by being a leafy user because we start out negotiating their debts and eventually, you know, we'll be adding things like credit score management and showing people what their credit score actually means and as a millennial, how you can ensure that that becomes something that you can take advantage of into your future. A lot of millennials don't, don't, know, don't know all this stuff and it's not, it's not their fault. They just don't teach it. So we want to help people get out of trouble and we also want to put people in a better position into the future. And uh, a lot of investors saw value in that. So we've been fortunate that our product is attractive to investors and is proving to be attractive to a millennial marketplace that you know, is reaping value from negotiating their debts as opposed to ignoring them as they probably likewise, uh, uh, otherwise would. So. Yeah, I was I was extremely uh, surprised. You showed me this fact over like two out of five Australians are struggling to pay their bills uh, with pressures highest on 18, 29 year olds uh, and about four million millennials on average carry about nine hundred and thirty four dollars in consumer debt, which is absolutely insane. So you got got a big market there. We do, um, and, and sometimes you talk to people and you say, oh, this is what we're doing. And they say, oh, there must be 50,000 people that need that. It's like, well, we, yeah, unfortunately not. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which, and, and it's showing. I mean, we, we haven't gone out and spent millions of dollars advertising. We have a fairly lean advertising budget. We have a great team of people around us. And, you know, as I said at the start, the main thing that we all enjoy is seeing the success with users actually getting out of debts and, you know, getting out of frictionless positions. It's getting out of positions in a frictionless manner. So, yeah, there's a huge marketplace and, you know, we'll, we, we plan to be in the U.S. in six months. We've, we've spent some time there's looking at the U.K. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. And there, there is a lot more there and, and it's a great landscape for us to sort of transition into whilst we, you know, continue to grow in Australia as well. It's certainly, there's a lot ahead. So you guys, I would imagine you guys are at product market fit. How, how would you explain that? How would you explain product market fit to the newer people that's listening on? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough position because product market fit, you don't want to build a product and hope that you have a market. <laughs> it's we have this with one of the guys on our team, Nick, is constantly is constantly at me. At, you know, shouldn't we just test? Shouldn't we just test? I was fortunate because I was just so sure. I was just so sure that people needed it, just based on my own research and understanding of the marketplace, and and you sort of had been in the digital uh, debt collection on the digital side before, and having spoken to a lot of the users that we're using. 
our collections app. And um, it comes down to, with Levo, we're, we're fortunate because we're not a lender, we're actually the opposite. So we, we encourage people to negotiate rather than borrow more to expand their, you know, to, to get out of debt or to, um, you know, to manage it. Don't take more just to get out. A lot of debt management and a lot of providers a lot of people in this space are, are very bricks and mortar. They want to lend you more money, package up all your loans, and a lot of people don't qualify for that. And it was really research-based. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of spent seven, eight years focused on this side of the debt markets, um, collecting and getting people out of it. So product market fit for me was just like it's natural for Lever to slot in, to help out, to become a disruptor, but also – to carve out a new marketplace for people that otherwise wouldn't have access to such a tool. So we've been lucky, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, like there's a huge market for that, but there there must be competitors though. Like are there competitors, big competitors, or are you like the only one in the market? we're We're the only one that I've seen in the market who is focused on consumer negotiation. There is... An abundance now of digital debt collectors, people that are uh, software as a service providers to companies. They help companies collect from consumers. But the core difference with, with what we're doing, which no one else does, is you have the ability in it to upload an unlimited amount of your bills, your debts, your parking fines, your c- contracts for a gym, and negotiate with those providers. Where we're the only one doing that. We're the you know, we're, we're teaching a new market. I have instances daily where, uh, you know, someone might sign up to Lever. They'll send a negotiation to a provider who's, who's not part of our verified panel. And all that means is that I've either myself or one of our team has to get on the phone or send an email. And, and we sort of introduce Lever to these companies because we're asking them to communicate inside a secure uh, portal, you know, consider it the WhatsApp of, of debt negotiation. You've got your business portal on your on your desktop and you've got your app on your mobile phone we're the conduit between the two parties and so educating them that we're not a third party as as we don't speak on behalf of the of the consumer the consumer merely just uses our platform to communicate with you the provider and all these different interactions are based on consumer and provider and and leave us just a technology in between or, or a communication tool um you know it's no one else is doing this this operation this way admittedly you know you've got debt management firms that'll do it all manually and send send letters off to banks and do different things it takes up to 30 days we're talking about a three-day turnaround um our fastest negotiation we we pulled off last week was four hours it was a guy who had a debt he he had had been actually it was a weird story he'd He'd been homeless uh, last year and, and now he just started to get back on his feet and he's started to use Lever to clean up all, his, all of his old debts. Um, that doesn't sound very glamorous, but it's great that we're able to assist somebody to get back on their feet and, and into better positions. So for us, we haven't seen anyone doing the same thing in the marketplace and you know we're going hammer and tong to carve out as much of a market as we can before before maybe we do, or maybe we never will. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we've created that brand loyalty by that time. Anyone? Yeah, that's extremely wild. So going back to like raising, because you know you had a lot of experience with that. How much do you guys raise for like seed, or are you guys on Series A or seed? 
Uh, we, we've see. just done sort of it's it, we did a convertible note via seed or well it's like a seed note um we raised just over 1.5 million um yeah it was it was it was a great great investors you know some some really high profile names um we've managed to to really you know get a lot of buy-in and and a lot of the conversations we had weren't you know, weren't as seamless as, as I may I may pitch it. It's 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 one of those things where we're so early that unless you really believe in the founder, unless you believe in the ability for our tech stack to hold up and for our message to be strong enough to build a market, you really don't know. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of guys we spoke to. We've spoken to stockbroking firms. We've spoken to tech funds, you know, we, I mean, six, years, six, seven years ago, I was talking to tech funds that were writing quarter of a million dollar checks. Today, they don't write anything under five mil. That to me is just crazy. So, you know, people have sort of pivoted into this, into this new world. So where the smaller money or the, the seed money guys are, it, it seems like it's, it's sort of these new, new world VCs that package it up and, and get others involved. And I think that's really cool. I think the, the landscape's changed a lot since I first did it. Um, this time around, it's, it's taught me a lot. And the, the main thing I would take out of it is, you know, um, don't go to a VC on your first round. Do it yourself. Because speaking to um, investors when you're selling your vision is not going to be sold the same way when you're just coming into market as a VC would. They go in and they talk stats. You need to go in and talk personality. You need to talk, you know, you need to allow yourself to be, be able to explain that you see through the next five years and every rejection that that investor might have, it doesn't matter to you because you've already thought through it or, or you're so persistent, um, you know, your conviction's so high that it's not even going to matter to you. Just just keep punching, as I say to people. and. Um, you know, speaking of VCs in the early stage, I, I had a little bit of friction. I had I had a lot of wasted time, you know, days between hearing back from people where I could have just been, you know, out and about on Twitter, reaching out to different people and, and you know, like we had done, just gone around town and spoken to the right people and shown them who we are, what we're going to do. And, and, you know, six months later, we've done it. So, you know, we're all fortunate that, that you know, we've got that conviction and, and that aspiration to make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, what what would be the the number one um, advice you would give someone that's that's raising capital? Uh, because that's extremely hard to raise capital. It's like one of the hardest parts. Uh, and once you have funding, you could basically almost do anything. Um, do you have those <laughs> those like advice for for people uh, who who have no idea how to raise money? Like when, when still... I when I raised, I got advice to. I used to reach investors over LinkedIn and you know nah. switch switch yeah. to Twitter <laughs> and and Discord, you know, all those good stuff. Um, and then kept emailing investors, and they got super annoyed by that. I think I think a phone call is better than an email always. Um. You know, I'm I'm still raising. Like we're 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 constantly making you know new relationships, building networks. We do introductions to people on a non-deal basis. You know, we have had a presentation at four thirty this morning uh, in San Francisco to a couple of guys, and it it was a non-deal presentation. It was this is what we're doing, and you know, I'm sitting there at four thirty. I think I was texting you just after Eric, but 
you know, you're, you're sitting there at 4.30 in the morning thinking, why am I doing this? But at the end of the day, um, in, unless you do it, no one else is going to do it for you. Um, you know, I, I exhaust all my, all my channels, all my networks. I ask for referrals. I ask for in, input. Um, writing a deck is probably the hardest part because as much as a founder as you want to be and you're passionate about your product, investors aren't going to read it the way you've written it. And I am, you know, the worst at this. I'll write a deck and it'll be 55 pages. And that's just on, you know, how the product works. That's not even what we're going to do because I get so passionate about it. I think the main thing is for us, it was about this is the market we're going after. This is, this is the, the problem we're solving. This is how we're going to solve it. This is how much we need. And if you can, if you can explain uh, those and then get into and this is why it'll work, not worry about, you know, we're going to make, there's a billion dollar market and we're going to get 2% of that or, you know, this is, this is our, our, we're going to change the game in social media or we're going to, you know, we're going to come out with a new credit card and, you know, we're able to, we're able to charge so much money because it's so fantastic. That's not a driver. What a, a driver is long-term growth and the ability to execute. And um, I think that, you know, I, I even paid somebody after I wrote my deck to, to fix it for me. I said, listen, I've written this. It's, it's too passionate. I'm too close to it. Can you write it as you, would, as you would want to read it as an investor? And that's how we created our deck. Asking for advice is, is, is important. Um, I used to be a believer in don't tell anybody about what you're doing. And then, uh, you know, over a lunch, a few mates and I created an app that called Privy that was like an, a, an NDA back in 2000 and sort of, it was 2013, 14. We thought it was a fun idea um, because we wanted to discuss things and we didn't want people to talk about it. But the world these days, if you build enough traction before you go to get your investment, you should be not afraid to tell everyone about what you're doing. Um, be focused on where you're going to go. And, and that's what I did. I mean, it's, it's hard to go out and say, we're going to go and do something before you've done it. But if you build the traction and you believe in yourself, and you can show your investors that you should you should really just look for the right investor. Don't sit around waiting for people to call you back. Get get back on the phone. Someone said they'll call you by Wednesday. You should have made five calls before Wednesday. You know, don't rely on one person. It's like, how do we say this, Eric, without offending females? When you're <laughs> dating, you don't get one girl because if you focus on that girl, you'll drive her away, right? So if you if you're constantly following up, finding options, getting excited research who you're talking to don't go in there and say hey i'm doing this great idea knowing nothing about the person you're talking to you know um yeah definitely i had this conversation this morning it was like you know these guys like we love your idea we'd love to put money in are you raising it so we're not raising yet but can you tell me about a project that's similar to this that that you may have invested in, in the past and they started telling me about a, a a marketplace that they'd done and it was the closest thing to fintech my question was well you don't you haven't invested in fintech Yes, you guys are a great fund, but is it going to be the right fit? Because I'm not just looking for someone to date. I'm looking for someone to marry when I'm, you know, when, when, when I'm raising for when I'm bringing in an investor. This is not something for me that is short and sharp. I'm here for the long term, you know. So I think it's important to really know that you're, you're doing, you're taking money from the right people 
and even talking to the right people, I would always say when you're having a conversation with an investor, ask them, is this a right fit? And what have you done that's similar? And if yes. they don't answer that properly, then they're probably not for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take money from the wrong guys. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm sure that like you had many people that, you know, bring you down uh, and tell you that this would never work. Uh, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and did you ever say to yourself, like, after they said that, I need to pack this in or I need to give up? Oh, mate, anyone that knows me knows that just the word I can't isn't in my vocabulary. It's we are anyone that surrounds themselves by me and, and uh, will know that, you know, we're all a bunch of legends. Nothing can stop us. And if you don't like us, we're fine with that. Enjoy your day. Because, um, you know, we, we didn't just start out and make this on the fly. And uh, I had that experience in the early days. I mean, you know, people, people. I, was, I remember sitting on the phone to a guy who was telling me how great he was and everything that he had, he had done. And I said, listen, I'm trying to build this business. I'm, I'm going to put in some money, but I need another 200 grand. Can, can, is it something you can do? This guy started telling me about everything in the world that he'd done. And, and then he said, oh, look, I usually, I'm a $10,000 investor, which is not a problem. You know, sometimes they're the best people because they'll, they'll want to be involved. But then yeah. he told me, he goes, this is too early and, you know, you're probably not doing it right. You're, you're probably overlooking it. And, and then he started telling me that we're a, a, a personal financial management platform, which is the complete opposite to what we are. And it, was, it, was, it just drove me crazy because I'm thinking this guy's just told me how good he is, but he hasn't even bothered to look at what we're actually up to. So I knew I was on the phone to the wrong people. Um, and when he told me it wouldn't work, I, I just knew that I wouldn't, it, that wasn't the right fit. So it didn't worry me. So everyone's going to tell you you're wrong. You know, how many people told, um, you know, the, the guys from Instagram that there was already a photo app. Look at them now. They sold that thing flying. So, you know, there's always a market for something. It's just how you package it. Um, and everyone's going to tell you you're wrong because, People want people. People want you to be. People want you to fail so they feel better about themselves. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to ignore that noise. And that's something that I, I've I've learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going all the way back to to this beginning of uh, Lever, um, how did it? How did you meet? Like, let's just say, do you have any co-founders? I don't. I'm the I'm the sole founder, um, sole financier in the beginning, sole salesman, sole driver, sole CTO, sole project manager, sole CFO. I had a bad experience with my last business because I got the wrong investors involved. Um, it it was a, a a shocking outcome from a from the way the business was was sort of built um, through to. Today it's successful, but I just, I never, I think with, with this type of business, it has to be how I perceive it because, you know, you involve other people that they don't get the, the strategic vision that I have. Um, so I thought about co-founders in the beginning, but it just, it just was apparent to me that um, anyone that I went to is probably going to want to pivot into a software as a service play because it's easy to make money that way and it's it's you know creates more value up front, but long term you're not going to have that. So it's all me. Um, as a, as I mentioned, I have some early seed investors and and we just did a round. Um, 
we have now a, a great board. Um, I've got a. Um, I'm not allowed to say where she works, but but uh, I've got a, an incredibly um, a cr- incredibly intelligent strategy director who sits on the board of Lever, who uh, also is an executive at a a global social media platform that just got valued at two trillion dollars or a trillion dollars. So you can guess where that is. And um, you know the people around me, they they now where the vision sits or where the product is, they get it. And in the early days, you wouldn't be able to explain to people without users, without what it's doing. So I just had to bite the bullet and, and get it going. And it was, you know, sloppy in the beginning. Grammatically, there was some spelling mistakes through the app. There was all these things because you're doing so much with so little. But now it's refined. Now it's growing. Now it's now it's it's sort of in that position of, we're on the runway and we're the plane's getting ready to take off and, and everything's safe now. So yeah, it's, it's all us. Well, it's all me and, and, and some directors who are good guides to me as well. Wow. I've, I've never really seen a, a solo founder before, you know, that got this far. Um, yes. and you know, like huge amount of self-motivation to do all of this. Um, but- yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's really easy to come up with an idea and to think that that idea is going to going to be great but along the way everyone's going to tell you it's not going to work and you know everyone's going to tell you that there is every reason why it can't work but you've just got to have conviction and you've got to believe that you know what what have i got to lose here okay maybe you lose six months trying to do something but you'll learn more than you lose that's the reality of a startup i mean you know i didn't always i I haven't hit it out of the park every time, but it just so happens the two times I've done, well, we haven't hit it out of the park yet, but but we're in a good position to to keep growing. That's for sure. Um, but I I think what what I focus on for me is my passion to help people. That's where digital debt collection started, and that's where you know automated debt negotiation has grown to, because. I want to go to bed at night going, wow, look at all the people that have enriched their lives through just using our platform and, and we're able to get out of their problems. You know, I, I actually live for that. And I say it all the time to people around me. I go, you don't even understand. Watching a guy negotiate a $14 a month payment to me is, is pure gold. You know, that's, it's incredible. It's, and people are like, $14? Do you make any money? I'm like, no. But, but look at what we've done for people. So... You know, the vision is always we list this business and, and we, we all do very well, but the journey, it's, it's what drives your passion that's important and, and that's what gets me up at four o'clock in the morning to have conversations that aren't going to make me any money, that aren't going to do anything for us right now, but in six months that's, you know, that, that could, not that it will, but it could be beneficial. And so that, those are my, you know, solo, solo founder missions <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're like the superman of startups uh, well but, two two <laughs> <laughs> but how, how was your like first week being able to to go like hey i'm gonna quit my job or uh, not quit my job but work on this and then how did you have the wit to go go on this basically full-time mate the first thing i did is i got on i got an upwork and I hired somebody for $15 an hour and I sat there annoying the hell out of them on chat saying, I want you to build the wireframes for this. So this is how it works. This is what it does. Here's some examples. And we just built that. And 
we have a team Instagram and, and all the shots of the progression from this for, you know, from the last year are all on that. Um, it really was just the research and, and the more I spent time on it every day looking at what's going on in the market, the more buy now, pay later, the more personal credit facility providers, uh, the more expensive things got. And it was just like it, just, it, it grew inside me over and over and over. So, um, yeah, that, that just motivated me. And then um, earlier this year, I just said, now's the time. We have to do this full time. And, and we have. We've got a great team of people around us and we were able to raise some money. Um, you know, it, it was scary. The first time you stand up in front of a room of investors and you talk about what you're doing, um, you know, and you're halfway in, you're halfway out, it's like, then you finish, you, you finish talking to somebody and you say, I actually now, you know, I've, I believe in this so much that there's no other way about it. So you just go for it and we haven't stopped. Yeah, $15 for an hour. That's, that's a deal. Huh. <laughs> well, you have to, I mean, you're not, <laughs> you're not, it's not, you're on, they're, not doing it on, they're not doing it on Figma. You know? <laughs> it's that you, you've got, you've got to do it. You've just got to start. And if your budget's a hundred dollars to build a prototype, then that's your budget. Find a way to make it work. You know, it'll happen. But I would just say, um, uh, yeah, make the $100, $200 worth. Just build your wireframes. At least you know what it's going to look like. (laughs) Definitely. So was there like a moment where it was like super stressful for you while you're building this? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The, the thing that keeps me up at night is how do we ensure that this thing is uh, secure, it's private, and it's, you know, free from manipulation. And um, I guess the it's fun for me. It's a great journey. But, but probably the most stressful thing would, uh, would, would be when, you, when you're launching and, you know, you go, you, you go to turn something on and, and Google reject your ads <laughs> or, you know, your screens aren't loading properly. Like all those little buggy things that, that kind of happen. Um, I've got a great team around me. I'm fortunate that um, the guys that, that kind of build it with me know what they're doing, um, that the, they're really invested in the vision as well. I mean, I from the get-go, I had five or six different development teams that I was thinking, I'll contract it out to them or I'll do that. And, and I ended up just just speaking to a guy and, you know, we ended up talking about this for weeks. Finally, I said, just build it. Let's just do this. And that was probably very nervous seeing the first, the first version thinking, okay, they, these people are not liable. They're, they're paid by, you know, they're, they're paid on a contract basis. Um, but it worked. So here we are. Yeah. Um, one of the last questions I had was, so what do you say to those people who are aspiring to launch a company and what are the steps and what can they set in place to build such a truly successful product that people would actually use? I think you just, you know, for me, it's know your market. Don't, don't go and start a social media platform if you've been in sports all your life. Go and start a sports platform. Um, you know, 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 know your why more than 
if you've got conviction as to why you want to do something, then you're basically guaranteed not to fail because that beast inside you that drives you every day will not let you sleep in or will not let you put things on hold. Um, that passion that you have will keep you up at night continually scripting or continually molding and, and shaping your vision into a, into a better vision. And, and um, you know, you've, yeah, build, build the prototype, focus on your vision, know your market, but never invest into something you don't know. I mean, don't go and, don't go and become a, a guru of something you've, you're just learning about. Learn about it, don't rush, and um, hopefully it'll all come together. Yeah, that that has been it has been absolutely incredible talking to you. You're like the Thanks, Superman mate. of startups. <laughs> you're you're absolutely insane. You know, a solo founder going into into this fintech world, starting alone. That's that's a story to tell. <laughs> so yeah, we're very. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a very public person. Uh, I don't yeah, have I can social find media you personally. at all on social uh, media. I, when I was researching. <laughs> I get that often. I, you know, I say to like, I say to people, um, you know, I'll get like, oh, you know, you want to have a meeting? Great. What's your LinkedIn? I'm like, I don't have it, um, but I'll send you a bio. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like or invisible. Or here's, or here's my website. It's not really. It's not so much invisible, Eric. It's more just I. I choose a lot of my own direction, and I like to carve my own road. Um, and it's very important that we. You know, we, we associate with the right people in, in what we're doing and, and um, distractions can be, the, can be the, the make or break for you. If you associate with people on a level where, you know, it could be a social distraction where your friends want to get you out drinking every Friday or it could be a, a, a business distraction where someone finds you and says, hey, you've got a great product but we should do it this way and, and, and you just you don't want that in your life. You know, there's a very short time on this earth and there's a lot you can take out of it and there's a lot you can do and there's the greater good and there's all this purpose. But at the end of the day, like, you need to drive your own vision and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I, I personally don't see any value in, uh, you know, in it. And it's worked for me to date. You know, you'd be the first, this would be the first public speaking of this product and myself ever. It won't be the last, but it's it's great to, you know, sort of break the egg and or you know crack it open here. Wow, can't can't wait to you know be able to use Lever soon. Absolutely, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming along. All right.